In this week's podcast episode, I'm going to be sharing my story with you around mental health for early years wellbeing week. My name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Who Getting the Early Years, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training, and inspiration. And with all the work I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your well-being and self-care. In this week's episode, I'm going to be sharing some of my personal stories about mental health and well-being to show you that if you're feeling in the same way you're not alone and there is some positivity that can be taken from a story and that we really do have the power to change things and make it better. So I learned when I was a leader that it didn't matter how many professional development courses I attended or books that I read that none of this mattered if I didn't have a good level of well-being for myself. So I couldn't implement a new way of planning or be that high quality educator and leader that I strive so much to be if I was just constantly drowning in my to-do list. I was so exhausted from putting everyone else first. And I really wish when I was doing my teacher training or even when I was back at school myself, that somebody would have just said to me back then that there's a real importance here of taking care of yourself and that you can do a much better job in whatever you're doing in life if you just look after you. So a few years ago, working in early education was really tough for me. And I had lots of you tell me stories as well that are very similar. So I hope that you can find comfort in this story and that it might help you get through a really difficult patch. So being very passionate about early years, spending lots of time reading about how children learn, embracing it in my practice and understanding the importance of play is really, really tricky when you have a senior leadership team above you that feel that a priority needs to be taken on a more formal learning approach where children should be sitting for 40 minutes in reception to do a phonics session or children should be being assessed every two minutes to see how they're doing with their reading and their writing and that we should be breaking children out of their play to come and work with us as adults and I found this really really difficult and I also found that when I had to abide to the rules that the senior leaders were creating in the workplace. This was breaking down the relationships I had with my children. And this was really, really sad. I also found that as a leader, I was working so hard and I just found that I was spreading myself so thinly. And the more that I did, the more that was expected from me by those above me. And I realized as well towards the end of this time working in this particular establishment that the more I did, the less people actually cared about it. The people that I worked for, they didn't want real humans that felt love and connection to the job they were doing and connected to the children and their families. What they were looking for were machines, machines that were unconnected from the love that goes into this learning process. And this saddened me deeply. 
And I remember one day stopping to look at my reflection in the mirror and my skin looked grey and tired, my shoulders and my neck ached. I felt dizzy with worry about all the things that were expected from me and wondering how I'd ever get any of it done. And then I found that my weekends had just been consumed with work. I was often turning down invites from friends and family to do something nice. And when I did go out, which was very rare, I felt like I was only ever half there. You know, when your mind is on something else, your to-do list, while you're actually spending time with friends. And then I'd find them asking me about, oh, how's work going? And I couldn't even talk about it without feeling like I was going to cry. It was a really horrible situation to be in. And I didn't realise it at the time, but the way work made me feel started to affect the relationships with those that I loved. So my friends and my family. And one night in February, while driving home from work, I had so many tears in my eyes, I just had to stop the car. I thought this has got to stop. Otherwise, I risk losing everything that matters to me in life. The following day, I handed in my letter of resignation and at that point it was made so clear to me that I could easily be replaced. There was no thank yous, no well wishes, no good luck for the future or thank you for everything you've done here for the children and I'd worked in this um, school for a long time. And the sad thing here was that I was giving up everything important to me in my life for a job, for people that would just forget me and replace me in a flash. Anyway, that summer, I took some time to explore Scandinavia with my Norwegian friends. And I very quickly learned some important life lessons on balance, warmth, and the art of finding joy in everyday moments. I began to think that we could learn so much about these core values and the way that they find happiness in the ordinary, which they call hygge. So I started to make some small changes to my day, the way I worked, which actually involved making a big change here. And I found a really nurturing school where the staff and the leadership team had a really similar ethos to me. And we did lots of mindful sessions as well, not only as children and staff, but also as adults, which was great. And this really impacts on the way I worked and the way I felt about my job again. I learned that I could find somewhere um, to do something that I was passionate with and still find that joy that motivation. I also started making some changes as well to my personal life. So I had a slower breakfast. I stopped rushing out of the, the house at 6.30 and just grabbing something on the go to eat, which usually involved a sugary cereal bar. But instead, I started the day with a poached egg on toast and um, the school that I found to work in, I could walk to. So it meant I could get some movement into my day as well. And one thing that I really took out of my time when I was in Scandinavia was the fact that they really embraced a slow start to the day where breakfast was important. It was a time when you came together as a family, as a group, and you talked about the things that you were intending to do in the day and it set you up right for the day. So I've really tried to get that into what I do now and I feel so much better for it as well. So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like I had felt, I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to quit something that you love doing. And if you enjoy being with the children, don't walk away from that. Just find a different way to work. 
I know so many members that I work with now on the Hugo and the Early Years accreditation that were teachers, that were even senior leaders in schools, have turned their back on that and they've said, actually, we're going to work in a home-based setting, we're going to be childminders and we're going to control the day that we have. We want that freedom, we want that homely approach. I know other teachers that have changed, they've changed school or they've changed setting and that's worked really well for them as well. I know other staff members that I've worked with in the past that have reduced their hours. They thought, yes, I can earn lots of money working full-time as a leader, but actually is that worth it? Instead, I'm going to work four days a week and take a, a day off. And yes, I'll have less money, but I'll have more time. I'll have time back. And money will always come and go in life, but time, once it's gone, it's gone. And we don't want to miss the really important moments in life. So it's all about balance. It's all about thinking about what's important to us and finding a solution to this. So I hope that works. Um, this is why all the training that I now do is focused on building that 360 degree best version of you. Because as I said at the beginning, you can't lead with confidence and love and kindness if you're feeling really rubbish yourself. So for instance, inside the Hugo in the early years accreditation, the very first module that we look at is on your well-being giving you the confidence to be that best version of you. Okay, well, I hope that you've enjoyed this week's podcast episode and that you can take some time to reflect on my story and maybe think about where you are with your well-being at the moment. Are there any changes that you could make to improve on it? Okay, and I will join you next week. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love it if you could leave an honest review over on iTunes Podcasts. Thank you.